Hey everybody, welcome back to the Culture Jacked Podcast. This is, I guess it's not really the Culture Jacked News Desk, and it's not really the Friday show, that's tomorrow. Uh, This is a supplemental report on the state of things over there at Sony. Um, Sony PlayStation had a showcase today, a digital showcase on on September 9th, that's today at uh, 1 o'clock p.m. Pacific Time. Now, I had mentioned this in the news desk earlier today, so hopefully you guys tuned into that show. I got all kinds of news over there that I I put out, but I wanted to do this supplemental thing to let you know that I still care about you. Like this is a this is a gift where I have maybe been a little bit neglectful when it comes to the video game news on this podcast, and so I thought you know, what better way to show my my loyalty to you, my commitment to this podcast, than uh, by delivering a, a bonus episode to talk a little bit about this PlayStation Showcase. I mean, we've done a really good job here on the podcast, not to toot our own horn, but, you know, toot, toot. Uh, we've done a really good job in talking about the big video game showcases that have happened this year, this summer specifically with the Summer Games Fest, with the E3 and everything else. And we're going to continue, um, you know, through the the Game Awards show and and Tokyo Game Show and all of that. Uh, But for today, I wanted to talk about the PlayStation Showcase. And so I I brought it up on YouTube. I think I watched uh, the IGN broadcast of it. The thing about these showcases, oftentimes when you bring them up on YouTube, when you bring them up, I guess, on whatever streaming service you're, you're using, if you're using Twitch or something else, is before the show, typically, and, and this is highly dependent upon which showcase or which broadcast that you watch of the showcase, before the show begins... Sometimes there will be 10 minutes, sometimes it'll be 5 minutes, sometimes it'll be 30 seconds. Sometimes it will be an hour and a half or two hours of additional gameplay footage of, of other supplemental gameplay or other supplemental uh, trailers that have maybe already happened before in the past. And I have been bamboozled before. I am only human. I am only fallible. In fact, I'm quite fallible. I'm mostly fallible. If you were to draw a a pie chart of how fallible I was, it would be almost entirely covered up with uh, me being fallible, like 95% or something along those lines. So I oftentimes will get bamboozled by the trailers that I'm seeing beforehand and not being supplied or gifted with a good enough memory to remember if I had seen those trailers before, I will go, oh, wow, what is this game? And I'll be tricked. And then someone will call me out on it and they'll say, hey, man, that trailer's old news. We already heard about that trailer. We already already talked about that trailer. Now, for this showcase specifically, I waited until Jim Ryan had started talking, the CEO of PlayStation, before... I began talking uh, about the trailers or before I began cataloging what trailers occurred so as to not make that same mistake this time. Uh, Keeping up with everything is really, really hard for me (laughs) or it's impossible. I don't know. And as I was watching uh, Jim Ryan talk, by the way, I still think 
that he is a CG representation that they are rendering on the PlayStation 5, uh, just like I thought that the presenters were at last year's 2020 E3 2021 PlayStation presentation were also CG, and they still just haven't made the announcement. They're gonna they're, they're going to say at some point, and by the way, the presenters that you have seen for the last two years, the last three years, the last four years, have all been rendered on the PlayStation 5 solid state drive. I'm waiting for that announcement. I'm I'm waiting for it because I think I think that it's true. Now, before I get into the showcase uh, in in earnest, I want to say welcome to the Culture Jack podcast. If this is your first time listening, this is not really one of our normal shows, but it's about how uh, you would expect one of our normal shows to go. Just me or Anthony talking to you for a half hour or an hour. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's not a good introduction to the podcast. Well, let's see. What would be a better introduction to the podcast? For those longtime listeners of Culture Jack, what would you say? That uh, Dustin and Anthony will deliver to you, deliver unto you their inane ramblings on specific categories of topics to include video games, technology, news, movies, cinema, and television. Would that be a, a more apt description of the podcast? I think it would. We've got several shows that we do on the podcast every week. On Sunday, we have The Weekend Wire, where Anthony talks about movie news. On Monday, there's Monday Madness, where he talks about something that struck his his fancy for that particular week. And then on Thursday, we have The News Desk, usually only one news desk. This is kind of a, a second supplemental news desk. On Friday, we have The Friday Show. And many Saturdays, when, we, when we've got something that we're watching and we have the wherewithal and the drive and determination to do as such, we deliver you a show called On Today's Episode. And on that show, we talk about a, a movie that we have just watched or a TV series that we are currently watching. And we talk about, you know, what's going on in that series. And we talk about maybe some conjecture and deliver some hypotheticals in where that series could go next or if it's part of a universe because many of them are part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe or other shared universe that has become so popular today we talk about where it where it fits in but that's not what we're talking about right now we are talking about oh and and before I continue leave a review on, on the show if you like it if you like listening to my voice if you like listening to Anthony's voice leave us a review it helps us greatly you can get a, get a hold of us on Facebook Twitter Instagram all those uh but leave us a review. That, that'd be totally awesome of you. Okay, the showcase. So, uh, like I said, Jim Ryan, he started the show uh, talking about the huge leaps uh, that PlayStation and Sony has made and, and how the, the developers have worked so hard on, getting, you know, the, the normal CEO spiel. Uh, but it started with a black screen, some narration, and then a red lightsaber. And a character who looked like, and I'm not totally familiar with the Star Wars universe, but he looked like he was in a Kylo Ren style mask. And then they made the announcement. They did the title splash and it's Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. It's a remake for PlayStation 5. So this is an, an announcement trailer. I don't know much about this game, but I know that Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is a very popular oftentimes reminisced and nostalgic game that a lot of Star Wars fans really hold in a very high regard. So for those Star Wars fans or, you know, those new to the new to the game, like myself, like I would be, uh, look forward to that coming out and, and no no other information on it just yet. But it was heavily rumored to be at the showcase and it was at least the announcement trailer. 
Uh, and then there was a gameplay and story trailer for what I thought at first was a Bayonetta uh, game in the series or, or, or something akin to it, maybe a spinoff or a sequel. The reason I thought that is there was a woman in a space station fighting a giant alien demon-looking monster hand. It looked like a big hand. And she was wearing a very form-fitting outfit. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm mistreating it now because I, I thought it was a Bayonetta game. She also had on heels, so I thought, okay, she's doing flips. She's attacking with this sword. This looks like some Bayonetta-style stuff. But it's a game called Project Eve. She then is ejected from the space station, seemingly losing the battle, and the, the monster seemingly overtaking the space station and becoming like a big giant set of eyeballs and tentacles. Now, the the game kind of fast forwards in time. You're on Earth, and Earth has seemingly been overrun by this alien infestation, and it looks like a game where you you wander around. Well, all games you wander around in most mostly nowadays. Um, but you do some, some sword fighting, and there's some, like, zombie-looking creatures. It's a really pretty, really well-polished game. Uh, looks really good. I didn't see a release date on it, but uh, pretty dang interesting, interesting looking game anyway. Uh, then <laughs> there was some voiceover narration from Tiny Tina herself. We got some uh, gameplay footage from Tiny Tina's Wonderland. It, it appears to show off some of the classes. And what does she say? She says something along the lines of Tiny, why are there guns in a fantasy world? Some might some might ask. And she says, she shut up and get your face shot at. Uh, that's coming out on March 25th, 2022. Now, this is a multi-platform game. Uh, Gearbox, oh, is it, though? Does Gearbox work for Sony now? No. Tiny Tina's Wonderland, if it is exclusive at all, is a timed exclusive. But otherwise, I think it is a multi-platform game, much akin to uh, all the Borderlands games. As well, I, I could be almost positive and maybe it's just making uh, some waves here at the showcase. No, it has to be because it was at the. Was it at the Microsoft showcase? No, it was at Summer Games Fest. It was also at the Gearbox showcase. Yeah, I guess it could be a timed exclusive, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it'll eventually be multi-platform if it is not already. Uh, then a big, uh, big gameplay and story trailer from Forspoken by Square Enix. This game, I mean, it looks really cool. Uh, when when the action slows down and it shows some of the character acting, if you look at games like Outriders, uh, if you look at games like Final Fantasy VII Remake, these kinds of animations from Square Enix, when it comes to, to facial animations, kind of the slower parts of the game, they don't really make a very impactful statement. However, when you get into the action sets of these these kinds of games, they're, they're second to none. They're very, very good. And the movement in this game, you are apparently a person who has come to this magical land by way of some spell. You have a talking bracelet on your arm who you accost and say, what what the heck are you? What the heck is this place? There's dragons here and I've got this thing talking on my arm and you become magical and you cast all of these spells. Now, what I will say is the movement in this game looks absolutely amazing. 
your character is jumping, flying, dodging, grappling onto buildings. And while the person is moving, while the protagonist is moving through the game, the expansive set, the expansive environment that the the gameplay shows looks absolutely astonishing. It's so beautiful. And I love that we are getting to a point where games like Breath of the Wild, games like Forspoken, these big, immersive, open-world games, which I assume this is. I, I, I shouldn't say yet, but it seems like it at least has some of those elements, if not uh, in, included alongside like uh, dungeons, proper dungeons. Uh, but very cool-looking game, and it comes out spring of spring of 2022. There's and the thing about PlayStation, the thing about Sony is there are such cool first party games. You know, I, I oftentimes am a loyalist to the Microsoft brand, to the Xbox brand. And I think a lot of the times my my devotion to that brand is akin to uh, someone who is devoted mostly to Sony, mostly to PlayStation, mo- mostly to an iOS device or an Android. And I think, and a lot of people, a lot of people smarter than me know this already, but that is very detrimental to my own personal satisfaction because instead of being a, a fanboy, a devotee of any one particular brand or system, were I truly a multi-platform gamer, I would experience the best of all worlds. And PlayStation does show off some very nice first-party games. Now, I've already talked about how I'm going to go back to some of those PlayStation 4 games that I missed, and I'm going to play The God of War. I'm going to play uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm going to play, uh, what's the other one, Last of Us, Last of Us Part 2. I'm going to play some of these cool first party games on the PlayStation. I'm not going to have that opportunity on the PlayStation 5 even if I wanted one. They're damn near impossible to find right now. So, the thing that I'm hoping for it, with this newfound revelation that I have this epiphany that has just struck me, the thing that I'm hoping for is maybe PlayStation will follow Microsoft's lead. As we all know, Microsoft and Xbox have they've come up with the Xbox the X Cloud which allows you to play games through an internet connection from a bank of servers at the Microsoft farm that will allow you to play those Xbox games on any platform to include newer generation console games on a Xbox One or a backwards compatible uh, system. You can play it on your phone, you can play it on your Xbox One, even though the graphical fidelity and the gameplay is of a much greater magnitude because it is one of the new games just being run out of a server farm from Microsoft. I would love if PlayStation had a service that I could do something similar with. I would love to play next generation PlayStation games, or I guess current generation PlayStation games, PlayStation 5 games specifically on my Xbox through my internet browser. If there was a way that I could have the subscription service to PlayStation games for, you know, What's Game Pass? $10 a month? A $10 a month uh, PlayStation service to spend eight months playing some of the greatest first-person, first-party games on that system? I'd do it for sure. And the reason I'm optimistic about that, too, even, I, I don't even say it in jest. I don't even say it as, as satire. 
innovations in this industry are oftentimes copied. Like if you think of some of the big, at least hardware innovations, whether it's analog sticks, motion controls, vibration for immersion in games. You remember when that came out? Shoulder buttons on the controller, digital stores, digital services that are being copied and shared amongst these gaming platforms. I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility to have PlayStation come up with a game pass-like service that could be played on a xCloud type service as well. They showed off some more gameplay footage from Rainbow Six Extraction that's coming out January 2022. There was an announcement trailer for Alan Wake being remastered. Is it a remaster or a remake? I think it's just a remaster. Might be a remake though. Who knows? It looks it looks very very good. I think it's part of the Control universe. It's a Remedy game, so I, I, I'm actually pretty sure that it's part of the Control universe, but that's coming out October 5th for people interested in that. Uh, and then we've got a brand new game coming out on PlayStation 5. Uh, you guys should get very excited for it, get very hyped, because this one has been a long time coming. We have waited for it, and we've, we've sat with uh, bated breath waiting to just hear just a drop of news about this brand new game. That brand new game, you might ask? Well, that's Grand Theft Auto V. <laughs> it is the Grand Theft Auto V next-gen release. It's got improved load times when you're switching characters. It's got better controls, better graphical fidelity. And Grand Theft Auto V is a game where, I mean, I guess all the Grand Theft Autos, when you are loading in and out of the map, when you are loading in between missions, when you are switching between characters, sometimes you could go make yourself a full meal, come back, and you'd still be loading. The load times are one of the, the major detriments to these Rockstar games. I'm talking Red Dead, I'm talking Grand Theft Auto. So if the solid-state drive of the PlayStation 5 allows this to be, to be played with a, a level of immersion and quickness that you can get between missions and characters well i'm i'm all for it if you've not played grand theft auto 5 before i would highly recommend uh, this be the one to get you started if you do have the opportunity then ghostwire tokyo uh, they gave us some more gameplay and a little little story trailer for that it is a playstation exclusive for now uh, it is a, another Bethesda game just like Deathloop is a Bethesda game and these deals with uh, Sony, PlayStation, PlayStation 5 as exclusives are timed exclusives. So I fully expect uh, that Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop are going to show up on Game Pass within a year. That's my expectation. Um, maybe two years. <laughs> maybe one year is a little bit optimistic. Um, and that's coming out early next year. We saw some more stuff from... Uh, Eidos' game, Guardians of the Galaxy. We got kind of a story trailer for that. Very funny moment. This very imposing character looks like an old man with a beard and a bald head and a robe and a staff. And he's explaining to the Guardians how the world is going to end or the universe is going to end or how he's going to end it. I wasn't really paying that much attention. And Peter Quill's character goes, Ugh, I'm having a heart attack. I'm, and he's like, knock it off. And he's like, all right, fine. And And Peter Quill and uh, Gamora, and even Drax. Like, the, 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 the MCU has ruined me 
for any type of Marvel characters appearing in any other type of properties. And I know some of the comic books has, have even based their character models on the MCU versions of those characters. So when I see the Avengers game and I see that weird ass looking Iron Man, when I see that weird ass looking Steve Rogers, or in this case, Peter Quill, Gamora, even Drax, they just don't look right. They just don't sit sit right with me. And I don't know how I can break that because I know that's not the right response. But, I mean, it's a testament to how well Disney and the MCU have branded and marketed those characters since the MCU's inception. We got an announcement and gameplay uh, trailer for Blood Hunt, which showcased some different vampires doing different takedowns as sort of a, it looks like maybe a class-based game. But then also, I, I couldn't really tell, but maybe it is a Battle Royale game. And I just talked about Battle Royale a lot in the in the last episode, the episode from earlier today. So if you, you didn't go... Go listen to that one. Go listen to that one. What are you What are you waiting for? Uh, but that's coming out in 2021. There was a Deathloop story trailer. That's coming out September 14th. That's only a, a couple days now. What's today? The 9th. So we got five more days and then Deathloop will be out. So if there's any PlayStation 5 listeners in the crowd, if any of our audience has a, maybe it's PlayStation 4 as well. Why don't you write into the show at Culture Jacked on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. Tell us how Deathloop is because I'm very excited, but unfortunately, I can't play it because I'm an Xbox boy. Then there was one called Kid Amnesia. It looked very ambiguous. I wasn't really sure what it is. It showed a lot of graffiti on the walls, a lot of close panning shots of a dystopian-looking future, or perhaps a slums of some kind. Uh, but that's coming out in November. And then Chia is your you play as a young girl, and she has a guitar, and she you can play some musical notes on the guitar. And so there there could be some cool elements there if you think back to like. Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, where you played on the Ocarina and much of the gameplay was derived from your play with the Ocarina. There were a lot of puzzles that were solved with it. Um, but I, the big draw to this one is you are on an island, it looks like, and you can take over the body of many of the creatures on the island. She went into a bird and became a seagull for a little bit. She went into... I don't know, it was a raccoon maybe or something else. Then she went and pet, it, pet a, a crab there at the end. But it looks like an interesting game. It, it's very sweet, very innocent, very wholesome. Um, so if you're looking for a Doom-like uh, hack and slash destructive, very violent game, this is probably probably not the one for you. One of my kids might, might like, though. It uh, looks like we're getting some Nathan Drake remasters. On the PlayStation 5, A Thief's End and A Lost Legacy. Hell, I have not finished the first Nathan Drake game. It wasn't even called Nathan Drake. What were they called? Shoot. Uncharted. They were <laughs> the Uncharted games. Then, this got me really jazzed. This got me really excited. It, this, out of all of the trailers... All of the announcements, all of the footage that they showed in today's showcase, this was the thing 
that kind of put me over the edge to make me really regret not having a PlayStation 5, waiting out in the cold for an Xbox Series when I could have been waiting for a PlayStation 5 for this game. Uh, it, it's a camera pan, and it's like a, a broken bar. There's you know people lying on the floor. Uh, it, it, it pans around the bar and the destruction in the bar, and there's a man in a plaid shirt and a cowboy hat sitting at the bar enjoying a drink, it looks like. Uh, the camera view switches to the front of uh, the character. You, you cannot see his face. It's from a, a chest down to the bar uh, and then his arms on the bar enjoying his drink. And a, a villain in the back gets up. He had not finished off one of these thugs from before. And the thug approaches him. Back to the thug. The camera goes behind the thug. He brandishes a knife back to the front of the character who we still do not see his face. He tightens his fist as three metallic blades erupt from his skin. It's Wolverine, baby. This is Marvel's Wolverine. It is an insomniac game. It is a, maybe a PlayStation exclusive. I mean, it must be because it's, it's being developed by insomniac and insomniac is, um, well, I mean, PlayStation exclusive games are the, the Spider-Man guys, right? I hope it's a timed exclusive. I'm really tired of getting burned as a Marvel fan and a Microsoft fan at, at the same time uh, that I do not get to experience Spider-Man. I do not get to experience Wolverine. Potentially. Potentially. I don't know why Disney has cozied up so much to PlayStation. Actually, I do know why. Because, of course, the MCU has that dealer <laughs> the dealership. They have that deal with Sony where Sony is allowing them to use Spider-Man in their universe and alternatively they are using their characters and designing and producing some of Sony's movies as well. And so of course there's a natural friendship there. And when Sony says, Hey, can we borrow a character like Wolverine to make a game out of with their first party studio insomniac games? And they say, sure make Wolverine. I have not been this envious of a PlayStation owner in probably, I don't know, the last last four or five years. Well, that's not even true because I have a PlayStation 4. I haven't been this jealous of a PlayStation owner uh, this generation. This is the first time. It's a very unique feeling for me. Then Grand Turismo 7 uh, had an, uh, maybe it's an announcement trailer. I don't know if they'd shown anything of it before. It's very pretty. The reflections, the lighting, the shading, all of it very nice. It's got more pixels than your grandma even knew existed. It looks like there's lots and lots of customization. But in all honesty, this is not my style of game. Maybe this is a Anthony style game. Maybe maybe he wants to talk about this. Maybe he saw it and he's just his <laughs> his pants tightened because of you know one reason or another, I suppose. But it's not not really my cup of tea, but they did make the announcement and I did play Gran Turismo back on the original PlayStation where it was a very, very fun game, but it's, it's maybe too much of a simulation style game for me and not arcadey enough, not gamey enough uh, for me. Uh, then we had two more announcements on this showcase. We had a Spider-Man 2 announcement trailer, which showcased uh, Peter Parker's Spider-Man. We assume it's the, the, the masked red and blue Spider-Man like we're used to. And Miles Morales's Spider-Man in the uh, black suit as well that we're, we're used to. And they're fighting off thugs together. But then 
Venom came out of the shadows. And so Venom is going to be in Spider-Man uh, 2. And again, just, this is another Insomniac game. Still an exclusive to the PlayStation. Um, but yeah, they're getting the good Marvel stuff over there. And the Avengers thing really ticked me off because that was a multi-platform game with exclusive Spider-Man content. And we didn't get Jack for Microsoft. And then the last and final trailer of the showcase was the thing that everyone was was rumoring about. Everything was one. Everybody was wondering about uh, that. Everyone was anticipating at the event was God of War Ragnarok got a story and gameplay trailer. He's got his chaos blades back. His son is back. Um, and that might be a spoiler for the first game. I never finished the first game. So there's other spoilers I guess from the first game, the trailer ended with a young girl who turned around and said something and then she walked away and it seemed an odd place to end the trailer. However, like I said, I did not play the game, so that could be an important character that maybe maybe supposedly perished or apparently perished in the first game. And we are also supposed to be very surprised that she is back or something, uh, but it did not strike me how I think it was intended to strike other people, or it was just a really weird uh, design choice for the trailer by the editors that put that put that puppy together. But that was the, the PlayStation September 9th showcase. I think a very strong showing for PlayStation. A lot of remakes, remasters, um, but some really, really cool stuff uh, as well. And I thought, you know, if you took Deathloop out as a timed exclusive, if you took Ghostwire Tokyo out as a timed exclusive, you know, Rainbow Six is a multi-platform game. It always has been. Um, even if you took those out, the first party showing for Sony at this showcase was pretty dang good as well. Now, if I were to run these uh, neck and neck with the Microsoft Bethesda showcase that happened a couple of months ago, I would say Microsoft still edges out Sony just by a little bit, but it was a very strong answer to a giant competitor that has been buying up game developers nonstop for the last five years. So good on you, Sony. I give credit where credit is due, but that is it for this supplementary episode of the Culture Jack News Desk here on the Culture Jack Podcast. My name is Dustin. We've got more episodes coming down the line. Stay tuned. If you haven't heard, we did a bunch of episodes, Anthony and myself, together in the same room. I know that's too much cool for one place. Can't believe I just said that. You can get a hold of us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Culture Jack. You can send us an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. But the most important thing that you can do and that you can do for us, well, maybe it's not the most important thing you can do. I mean, that'd be like building an orphanage or, you know, feeding a family for a year, uh, ending homelessness or some other, um, some other work of philanthropy. But the most important thing that you can do for us is leave us a review. You have no idea how much that means. If you rate us five stars, oh, you'll be our best friend. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and heck, we'll read your review on air. We'll, we'll, we will include your review in one of our upcoming podcast episodes. Unless it's terrible. Don't be terrible. Come on. It's the internet. But you don't have to follow those strangers. They don't know you. They don't even like you. That's it for the Culture Jack podcast today. Have a good, uh, have a good one. We'll see you next episode. <laughs> Later.